Welcome to Divine Perspective, where we intentionally spend time focusing on God's purpose for his people. Because when we know God's purpose, we can live with purpose. Every episode will be filled with challenging conversations designed to engage culture with our faith, as well as leave you with tangible next steps for growth. I'm pumped that you joined us today as we take a look at our world with a divine perspective. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the first episode of the podcast. You are here for the very beginning steps and stages. I'm so thrilled you're with us. Listen, if you know me at all, I'm a little nervous. I'm a little afraid. And maybe you've done something before for the first time. Maybe you stepped out on some faith. Maybe you stretched yourself a bit and you recognize all the feels that can come with it. Well, I got them. I got every single one. But nonetheless, here we are. And I'm actually pumped. Equal parts nervous, equal parts pumped, because I truly believe we need more conversations that always start and end with us going, so what does God think about this? What's his view on this? What's that holy, divine perspective we can gain to live in our culture? And that's what we're going to attempt to do. So before we begin into today's particular topic, let me give you just a little bit on who I am, because many of you are listening to this, and you really don't know me. You're not understanding why this podcast is here, who I am, so let me just make this real brief. Uh, I am a pastor of a church in Spokane, Washington. I have been a pastor or full-time ministry now for over 10 years. Um, I've been a believer, Christian, for over 20 years. The interesting thing about my journey is that for about 10 years, I have been in predominantly African-American spaces, black spaces. Um, I was saved in a traditional black uh, charismatic church. And then the last 10 years, God has seen it fit and humorous <laughs> to move me into predominantly white spaces. And so right now, the church that I'm a senior pastor of is predominantly white and I am African-American. And so that has been very interesting. I grew up in New York City uh, and I have moved to the Pacific Northwest, which is a culture shock in itself. But my wife and I have actually lived in a number of places, and so it's not our first rodeo with this type of culture at one level. All that being said, I've recognized in order for me to navigate multiple cultures, in order for me to live in a variety of spaces, I had to always keep in front of me, what would God aim to accomplish through me in this particular space? And that's that divine perspective piece that we're going to try to bring to every episode, right? What is God doing with me, with us as a community of believers? How is God working in this circumstance? And in fact, I often see from a lot of my brothers and sisters that we are more comfortable with cultural Christianity than biblical Christianity. And what I mean by that is we're more comfortable with trying to figure out how can we live in a safe, cultural, recognizable space, a place where we feel most at home. Now, don't get me wrong. I love to feel most at home. It's always great when I can connect with people where my vernacular is understood, where my analogies are understood. It just makes me feel seen and accepted. So I'm not knocking that as bad. But what I'm noticing is what we often do is we trade in biblical Christianity, the real idea that we are always exiles and foreigners in this land and wherever we go, we trade that in for safety and security in ways that the Bible doesn't actually tell us to. And so this is what we've got to do. See, I truly believe that when we get more of God's perspective, it actually frees us, right? That when we understand his purpose for us, we live more with purpose, what we say in the tagline. And so I really want to help orient us toward that kind of thinking. Okay, enough with the introductory work. 
Let's get to the meat for today. What I want to wrestle with, what I want to try to get some divine perspective on is how do we navigate different opinions? How do we navigate different views amongst the body, amongst fellow believers, with one another, people in general, right? Even if you're not a Christian and you're listening to this, I still think this could help you because in our world, we've lost the art of working together with people we don't actually agree with. And here's what I mean by that. There are moments when you have to have a certain value, and when that value gets crossed or it's offended, you go, you know what? I can't be in close proximity with you. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about when we have differing opinions on important matters, but maybe they aren't strong biblical ones. When I say strong biblical ones, there's three categories I like to think of, biblical, non-biblical, and extra biblical. When I say biblical, I mean the Bible's going to tell me to do it, so I better obey. Non-biblical, the Bible says don't do it, I better not touch it. And extra biblical, the Bible's going to give me some wisdom, but may not have a directive or a command that I have to follow. So this is where we start understanding the heart of God, uh, the, the values and views he set up, and how we can live forward. You know, there used to be the line, we would say, well, we can agree to disagree. Really what a lot of times people mean by that today I've found is that what they want to do is stop talking and just say, you go your way and I'll go my way. And that could work depending on what we're talking about. But ultimately, I want us to think through how do we work with individuals, stay in the body, especially if you're in a local church, stay connected with individuals who just have a different narrative than you. Do we even see this in the Bible? Once again, what's that divine perspective? This is actually a topic that I love because I think when you look at scripture, you will see this a few times throughout, and it kind of gives us the idea that it's okay to disagree. Let me, let me say that again, because I know some of you hate conflict. It's okay to disagree. In fact, and you don't have to always go to the scriptures I use or some of the places I talk about, but if you have a Bible, if you want to go back, feel free to do that. Uh, in Acts 15, one of my favorite passages is you're going to see Acts 15, 36 through 41, Paul and Barnabas disagree. Paul and Barnabas get into a bit of a fight over a particular person. This is Mark, uh, we believe one of the gospel writers, uh, wrote the gospel of Mark that bears his name, obviously. They're going to get in a disagreement because they're getting ready to go on a journey, and Barnabas wants to take Mark with him. Uh, his name John Mark here, verse 37, he wants to take Mark, but Paul didn't think it was wise. Paul says, listen, this dude abandoned us. I don't really want to travel with him. Now, that's interesting because here is a disagreement over an individual, another fellow believer, and it doesn't seem to have what we would term this theological significance. And what I mean by that is it's not over the gospel. It's not over, is he um, believe in, in free will or predestination? You know, it's not over one of these fights that we always see people in. It's literally going, I don't trust the guy. Paul's like, I'm out. Barnabas is like, nah, we take him. And they have a sharp disagreement. <laughs> That's like my wife and I, we talk about it. We go, we had intense fellowship. They fought and they decide to split ways. But notice, no one gets called names from the text. Luke doesn't say one was right or one was wrong. No one's called in sin. They're able to part ways. Or what about if we look at like Philippians, right? In Philippians 1, you're going to find Paul as he's writing this letter. Uh, he's encouraging the church in Philippi. And he actually writes to them in verse 15 saying, hey, uh, so I, I recognize that there are people preaching Christ, the gospel, out of envy and rivalry, right? Some do it out of goodwill. Some do it with the right motives. Some do it with the wrong motives. Some do it with selfish ambition, he'll say. But then he says this line, and this blows me away. Well, what does it matter? So what? The important thing is that the gospel, the right gospel is going forward. Can you, can you catch that for a moment? 
preaching the right gospel with the wrong motives, Paul is at this moment going to say, it's okay. Now, let me pause. I don't mean you can have wrong motives doing right things, and that's fine. That's, that's, a, that's a different episode. That's a different issue we could tackle. What I'm saying in this moment, though, notice Paul isn't as concerned. He's rejoicing that the gospel is going to go out. The right gospel is going to go out regardless. Here's another disagreement that Paul's not calling sin. He's not going to fight over. He's comfortable with it. Or what about the fact that Jesus chose 12 disciples, right? So he picks 12 men to follow him. He has many more that follow him, including a host of women. But he chooses 12 who some are on the opposite ends of the political scale, right? We know we've got one Matthew who was working for the government at that time. So the Jews don't really like him because he is a Jew. And we got one who's a zealot, who's like, take down the government. He is radical and ready to roll. And now they're forced to work together. And here's the beauty. You never hear what happens to their political convictions. You never hear if that changed or not. We can make all sorts of assumptions that we want. The reality is, We just don't know. What we do know is that they come together. They understand at some point what the gospel is, who Jesus is, obviously, to understand what the gospel is, and they can work together and move forward. And then the last piece I want to bring out to you is in Corinthians 12. Now, we love Corinthians 12 because you talk about spiritual gifts and people want to do the uh, spiritual gifts test and figure out what they're good at and how they can use it and all the things. That's not the point of 12. Paul's not writing about gifts so people can go out and figure out what their gift is. Paul's writing it so that there's unity in the church. Paul's going to say, listen, we're not all wired the same. We're not all given the same gifts. And that's okay. It's the same spirit that gives them, but we're all a little different. By the way, you probably know we're all a little different. We got different passions, different skill sets. This is what Paul's talking about. And what he's actually going to tell them is that the same spirit is working differently in everyone, but it's all for the body. And then he says one of my favorite lines, just as the body, though it has many parts, but it all the many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. And here's the beauty. He, his examples, he goes, whether Jews or Gentiles, slaves or free, we're all given one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one, but many. Here's the crazy thing. And talking about how we're wired differently, Paul talks about how we can be different ethnically. He goes to the Jew and Gentile distinction and says, it's okay. We're made up of many, but we're still one in Jesus. Now, why am I mentioning these? Why did I give you these kind of quick four examples uh, to wrestle with and think through? Because the argument I want to make is that at the end of all of this, we need to recognize, I think the divine perspective on this is that we can have different opinions and still serve alongside one another. We can find ourselves thinking differently, uh, being wired differently, caring about different things, right? So having different passions and still have a biblical framework to operate out of. If we all submit to the same gospel, we all submit to the same Jesus who's Lord of our life, we all are uh, under the same authority of scripture, we can still move forward as one, even if we view things differently. By the way, this is what I would call diversity. See what I did there? This is what I would call divine diversity. The idea that God has always been up to bringing all manner of people to himself, drawing people to himself so that we all may worship him. You're going to see this all throughout the scriptures, I think. This is what Israel's purpose was supposed to be. He chooses this one nation in order that all nations might come to him, might bow to him, and might worship him. He he does this with the church. The church now is made up of all manner of people. 
That way we could worship God. And this is what's supposed to be crazy about this difference of opinions, but yet staying in unity and working together, is that the world is supposed to look at it and go, so wait a minute, why is there like an 85-year-old white lady hanging out with a 35-year-old black man weekly? What, 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 they shouldn't be hanging. What's going on there? And you should be able to say, oh, it's because Jesus has radically changed both of us. But wait a minute, what's a what's a like a hardcore Republican hanging out with like this hardcore Democrat? Why, why are you two hanging out and talking all the time? Oh, it's because we can set aside all these earthly things and still remember that Jesus unites us. That's what's crazy. That's what's beautiful about the divine perspective on how people are to relate to one another. That's what's beautiful about diversity when seen from a divine viewpoint is we get to recognize it's God who's at work. It's God who transcends all the things we discuss. Now, yes, there are moments where you have to keep in mind that some people are going to try to mask certain harmful thoughts that actually go against the gospel. See, once again, that's not what I'm talking about. In fact, I think if you have a viewpoint that the Bible isn't clearly speaking for, but you're discerning the heart of God and someone else has a different viewpoint, almost like different giftings, I think you can still treat each other as godly as possible. So then what happens, or what does that mean for, rather, for when we disagree with someone and we start using very nasty language towards them? Who's in the wrong then? Or when we start disregarding people's thoughts and perspectives because they don't match up and line up with our own? Who's at fault then? You got to be careful because when you read your scripture, I want you to tell me any two people that just thought the same all the time. One example I didn't give, which you can go look up, is back in Philippians, you've got like two ladies who are fighting with one another. Philippians 4, and Paul's going to say, hey, listen, I've known these women forever. Like, they're, they're, they're fellow workers. We, get a, we, we all get along together. We work together. Cut it out. Cut it out. Our names are written in the book of life. It's funny. We don't know what the issue was. He doesn't say what the issue was. He doesn't try to ask for more information, right? Because these are letters written to, to a particular church. So while we may not have the follow-up letter, we can see sometimes his perspective. He doesn't say like, well, tell me what's going on. Let me decide who's right or wrong. He just goes, hey, listen, 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 listen. Be of the same mind in the Lord. Remember, our names are written in the book of life. We can work through this. Imagine that. Imagine if that's the, the mindset we had with some of this. Hey, we could, we could work through this. And while we may not agree on the method or how to handle it exactly, we can agree that Jesus is still Lord and your concerns he cares about and my concerns he cares about. Oh, how beautiful would the church look then? Now, this sets us up for every episode to come. You're going to get challenged. You're going to hear ideas, methods. You're going to hear perspective from people you probably don't agree with. Now, I hope you agree with a lot of it. I hope you agree with most of it because I believe it's all rooted and grounded within the biblical framework. But, but I'm not a stranger to working with people, and I recognize that you're not going to agree with everything. Can you stay unified? Can you keep a divine perspective that we're still equal in Christ, we're still one in the body of Christ, and God can use both of us to accomplish his means and goals in this world? In fact, he wants to do that. Can you hang on to that truth? If so, boy, you're going to enjoy, I think, all the things to come here. If you're ready for that to say, listen, I, I may not have all the answers and I recognize the other side or the other multiple opinions don't have all the answers, but I'm ready to, to try to figure it out with the word of God and the spirit of God. Awesome. You're going to have a blast. 
But if you're listening and you're already like, ooh, I don't know, if you don't line up with my framework, I don't like that, and, and it's got to be this way because this is the right way and this is what we know, you're going you're gonna to wrestle. You're going to struggle big time here, but I still want to encourage you to listen in. I still want to encourage you to be a part of the journey with us because that's what we're about here at the Divine Perspective Podcast is being able to look to the Word of God, figure out what God has been saying, what He says, and how we can live it out today. Okay, towards the end of the podcast, I always want to try to leave you with some kind of tangible step. And since we spent a lot of time talking about the beauty and having a different perspective, in fact, the unity admits diversity, what I want you to do is this week, if you can, try to find an article, an opinion that isn't quite yours, but still claims to be biblical, right? That's key because that's the framework we want to operate out of. Read it. Figure out its values. Why is the author communicating whatever they're communicating the way they're communicating it? And once again, the goal isn't just to critique heavy, but the goal is to listen in and go, can I still hear a value, a biblical value at that? And maybe recognize that my voice and my value isn't the only one out there. There's real beauty in that. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode of Divine Perspective. If something was said that caught your attention, that challenged you, or maybe even encouraged you today, we would love for you to give us a rating on Apple Podcasts. Ratings and reviews help us reach more people. Also, don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast player. You can also follow me on Instagram or Twitter with the handle at Mr. T. Anderson Jr. There you will find more resources and content to help further our discussions. Once again, I'm your host, Thomas Anderson Jr., and I hope that today you can live with a bit more purpose because you've gained a divine perspective. We'll see you next time.